So this is our final passage in our Harvest on Mission series that we've been walking through. We're going to spend the final three weeks of August um, really going through this passage together, but I also would love for our church and each of our uh, local intentional communities to really wrestle together with what does it look like for us to be obedient to this passage and to the calling that God has invited us to join him in. You know, I've, I've said that a lot in this series, that God is at work in our world and he invites us to join him in that. Remember, we saw that same theme when we were studying the Gospel of Mark. It, it's a it's a uh, invasion of another kingdom, in a sense, where where Jesus, this king from another uh, place and kingdom, is invading this world, ejecting the king of this world, and inviting people to join him in his kingdom and to join him in his mission. In his mission of inviting other people to him. And so remember our vision statement is this. We want to see all people walking together with God, bearing fruit for his kingdom. That doesn't just mean the people that with, are within our church, within our intentional community. That doesn't mean just the person, the one person that you're meeting with in your intentional relationship. We want to see that multiply. We want to see other people be reached out to. And, and, and God has put you in places with relationships in your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, the places that you come into contact with other people. Those are all people that God has put in your life so that you can represent him in this idea of, of what he's, he's doing in the world. He says, so how do I bear fruit for his kingdom? And this is the way I describe it. I represent Jesus as his ambassador. We are bringing a peace treaty. You know, that's what ambassadors do. They represent a foreign kingdom, a foreign nation in another kingdom. That's who we are. We are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of the kingdom of God as Christians. And he has employed us to go to work for him, inviting other people to be a part of him. Just like an ambassador carries a peace treaty, Jesus has extended an olive branch of peace and reconciliation between humankind and himself to invite them to join him and to be a part of, of that. But we don't just get saved and then we're done. Guys, we get saved so that we can minister for Him, so that we can work for Him. And 2 Corinthians has so many awesome ideas about that. But I picked this passage in particular because of the idea of this ministry of reconciliation. So let's just walk through each of those. So the ministry of reconciliation, this is how I've cut up the passage. Number one, it leads to a changed motivation, verses 11 through 15. And just a couple of verses I want to highlight. I can't go through every detail of it, um, but a couple of verses to highlight for a changed motivation. First of all, verse 11, he says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. He's trying to persuade people to the truth. And he's doing it out of a fear of God, a reverence and an awe for who God is. He's not motivated by the fear of people. He's not afraid of what people will think of him. His audience is one person, and that's his God in heaven towards his mission that he is going to persuade them. And then verses 14 and 15, I want to call, he says, For the love of Christ controls us. And I love that as a phrase. Think about that. Don't we want that to be what motivates us, what drives us, the love of Jesus? 
And look at how he describes it. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus died on my behalf. And so because of that love that he has for me, I now want to live on his behalf for him, doing the things that he wants me to do. And then secondly, we see a changed view of people in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 5. Let me read that. He says, From now on, therefore, I regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You know, people tend to look at the outside. We have typically a very superficial view of other people's lives. But God looks at their hearts. And what he's saying here is that people are either reconciled to God or not. They are at war with God or they have signed that peace treaty and they have accepted the peace that God has given them. They are either in Christ or not. They are either a new creation or they're still in the old. And we, want to, we need to see people the way that God sees them in this new way of reconciled or unreconciled to God. And then third, we are under a new leader, a new leader. We're not led by ourselves. We're not led by the world in terms of what's popular. We're led by God and Jesus. He says, all this is from God. He's the one who initiated it who through Christ reconciled himself to us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's the one that initiated it. He's the one that's given us this ministry of reconciliation. He kicked it off and he asked us to join him in it. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Thank you, Jesus. And entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. He's, this is, you know, I've been saying this all along through this series. God is on a mission. He enjoy, he, he invites us to join him in that mission. There it is right there. And then we see in this ministry of reconciliation that we receive a new mission and a new message. And that's verse 20 of chapter 5 all the way through to the end. And I'm not going to go through all of that detail, but we see in this passage how Paul um, really is imploring them and how uh, this is his passion of his life and he's willing to lay aside so much. I just want to highlight a couple of verses. Uh, verse 20 it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. There's that title that he gives us. We are ambassadors of his kingdom, not of this kingdom. We're sent here by him to represent him in this, in this world. What's the representation? That God is making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Remember the angels announced to the, um, to the uh, shepherds on the mountainside when Jesus was born. Peace on earth, good world towards men. This is the message of peace. It is a peace treaty that we extend on behalf of God. And then also verse 21 is amazing. He says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
that's the new message that we're extending. And there's so much amazing theology packed in to that verse in terms of him atoning for our sins, him taking on our sin, uh, us taking on his righteousness. It's an exchange that he does on our behalf so that we can be reconciled to God, so that we can have peace with God. He did this on our behalf. He initiated it. He did it because of his incredible great love for us. And so I want to be an ambassador for him for the sake of his love, for the sake of the love that he has for other people. That's the new mission. That's the mission that we're about. And in the final verse, I didn't put it up on the screen, but in verse 3, I just love this little phrase. He says, we put no obstacles in anyone's way. And then he goes through and just highlights all the different ways that he has personally sacrificed on the behalf of the Corinthians, who he's writing this letter to. Um, Guys, we don't want any obstacles in our life to other people coming to Jesus you know, whether that sin that we're, you know, in, in, in terms of like our behavior towards other people or, or maybe other things that, that we're putting out there in, in front of the message of Jesus, stumbling blocks that cause people to trip up. Guys, the only stumbling block I think that we want to have is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ crucified. That's the only thing. Guys, let's represent Jesus and who he is as his ambassadors. So I'd love for your groups to really wrestle with all that the Apostle Paul writes in this this passage. Maybe there's other passages in Scripture that inspire you as well. But keep this in mind. You're an ambassador, Christian. He calls you an ambassador. You represent that king, the King Jesus, to this world. And he's given you a ministry of reconciliation. You carry a peace treaty from God. We point people to Jesus and say, guys, be reconciled to God. So think about what does that look like in your life? What does that look like as an intentional community? What are the ways maybe that your intentional community can get creative about reaching out to the people that are around you in your neighborhood? Maybe there's a a pathway that God's opening up to multiply your intentional community, to multiply your intentional relationship where other people come into your intentional relationship and then you cell divide in a sense there to have more people involved in what's going on. Or maybe to start another intentional community in another neighborhood. Maybe those are things that you guys can creatively start to work together in. But keep in mind that we're not meant to just, you know, uh, circle the wagons in, in a, you know, in that, that idea of just, just we're going to, uh, just us, do what we want to do and not, and kind of push the world away. Guys, we're meant to come into this group so that we can go out. God's reconciled us to himself so that we can carry this message of reconciliation to other people. So prayerfully, uh, you know, think through with one another, what are some ways that we can do that? And that's what we're going to be doing for the last uh, couple of weeks here in August before we start into a new uh, Bible series in September. I love you guys, and I'm so excited to see how God's going to work through it.